Hello everybody and welcome to the Untitled Critical Hit Podcast. Untitled, maybe not for much longer. Uh, this is your show for the the latest in tech gaming news, talking about video games, talking about series, talking about movies. And today I'm joined by Critical Hit boss and a very good friend of mine, Darren Bontes. Please, could you introduce yourself to the lovely people, Darren? Hello everyone, yes it is I, Darren Bontes from Critical Hit with me, well, next to me in spirit is Brad. And yes, the rumors are true. Disney did buy us for $8 billion last night. We were bought for $8 billion last night, which it's it seemed like a bit of an undersell. I think they got a very good um, very good deal out of that. Yeah, we also have, have a clause in our contract, a no take backsies clause. So once Mickey Mouse finds out what he actually <laughs> bought, he's going to be so mad. <laughs> I can't believe I did this. <laughs> I'm slightly less rich. <laughs> so, Dan, how's your week? You know what? It's been a good week. I, I woke up this morning to a pleasant surprise to find out that I've gone mildly viral online. Oh, yeah? What happened? Way. What happened? Well, well, I mean, I think it was Friday. Friday, I just, you know, made one of my usual throwaway joke tweets. And it was um, it was just a joke about um, Street Fighter 2. You, you know when you get that, that bonus stage where you pummel that car? Yes. Oh, I know the one you're talking about. Yes. Yeah. Yes, so yes. I, I made a tweet. I took that, that image of the car before Ryu and Ken start punching it. I just wrote there, oh, this looks like a perfectly safe spot to park my car. <laughs> and then Capcom USA went and retweeted that. So I've been flooded. Oh, with, what? Really? Yeah. Yeah. So I've been flooded Jeez, with like likes and retweets. So I'm scooping up all that clout, baby. Internet fame at long last. That's awesome so this means you're retiring soon i just gotta figure out how i can actually make money off of my newfound 15 seconds of fame if you considered ads i have considered selling out to raid shadow legends so that should be happening any second Have you ever actually ever played Raid Shadow Legends? No, no, I haven't. I've just seen all those adverts. I've seen some fantastic adverts, some terrible ones, and all I know is it's got like what fifteen kajillion subscribers and all this hubbub. Who knows? Do you know what? I, I think it's a testament to those ads that watching the hatred for that game increase the way it has has made me really want to play it really bad. I, I, I really want to see what it's about. Yeah, I mean, how can you hate a game if you don't actually know anything about it? It's, it's just got basically CGI trailers. It's basically yeah. mobile bl- bl- Blizzard marketing strategy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that's all Blizzard's good for these days, isn't it? <laughs> it's just putting out CG trailers for games Ooh. that are probably going to be very disappointing. Oof, um, do you know, it was, it was, it was rough. It's roughly, actually, I think it might have been exactly a year ago last week in which our review for Warcraft 3 Reforged went up. Oh, yeah, if I remember correctly, that was not a good game. That was a terrible piece of shit game. That was an awful, awful experience. And, like, they said that they were going to support it and make it better. And they released one patch that I think fixed a UI bug about six months after the release of the game. And then there was nothing. And everyone has just flocked away from it and has gone, have gone to, like, mods and have started playing it in different avenues and... What a mess up. What a complete disaster. Wasn't there some slight controversy that they were saying that they were going to make all the um, in-game cinematics so much better because they've got, you know, like 15 years of extra experience now. And then, like, the game came around and those, those cinematics were somehow even worse. Well, yeah, so they were like, we're going to completely redo the the, the, the cinematics. We're going to completely, you know, build it up again from, 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 the, from the ground up. And, uh, and then what it sort of amounted to was... Oh, here comes the camera sweeping in low. <laughs> oh, the camera's pulling out very wide now. Isn't that that's fun? <laughs> Look how interesting it looks now. Oh, how the that was here for all me. they did. 
how the mighty have fallen. But you know who hasn't fallen, Darren? Mm. Scott Pilgrim. <laughs> oh, this is going to be a good discussion. I was, I've been looking forward to this, this discussion all week. This is, this is, I think this is the reason why we need to like start pushing for like multiple game codes and so we can have like rants during the show in which one of us utterly detests something and the other just adores it because that's just good listening content you know it's fascinating that we that you and i are opposite ends of the spectrum and this also translates to how we've also absorbed the scott pilgrim media over the years yeah yeah it's it's been it was very interesting for me coming to so let's preface this by saying um, this is this is the we're entering the gaming roundup what we've been playing this week mm. and scott pilgrim versus the world the game complete edition which is uh, one hell of a title um has been re-released it was released back in 2010 um and then it was delisted for i think it was licensing with the music was there problems with that i don't think it was licensing with the music or anything i just don't think there was that much of there wasn't enough of a demand that ubisoft you know considered you know, putting a few resources into actually bringing it back. But hey, the fans kept at it. You know, they were fervent, they were adamant, and here we are. The game's back 11 years later. Game's back 11 years later. And I think, I mean, you definitely enjoyed it more than I did. I, th- But I think it is also because you have more familiarity with the kind of game that it is. Mm-hmm, definitely. I love a good beat-em-up. I mean, when I grew up, like, I got my, my Sega Genesis. It was my favorite games. It was Streets of Rage 3, but for some reason it was titled Bare Knuckle 3, so that still confuses me to the, the, the state. Oh, yeah, okay. that's interesting. But I mean, a good, solid, side-scrolling beat-em-up, that just gets my blood pumping any day of the week. Would it be fair to say that this that Scott Pilgrim vs. the World is more like a River City Ransom? Because there's like RPG elements to it, right? That like something like a Streets of Rage doesn't really have. Yeah, Jeff's going to hate me for this. I mean, we were talking about this, like he was saying, you better mention River City Ransom in your review. I'm like... Shit, I haven't played that game, you know, ever. <laughs> so I've got no frame of reference for what you're even talking about. And only after my review went live did I see some, some gameplay of River City Ransom. I was like, wow, this is like a spiritual successor. Yeah, weirdly familiar. Eh? There was there was River City Girls came out last year, I think it was, which was like meant to be a follow-up to River City Ransom in a much in like a very similar vein. Mm, I've actually oh, got that on my, on my Xbox. It's on Xbox Game Pass at the moment. I had a few rounds City with that. Was yeah. Oh, rad. I must check that out. I've always I've been wanting to It is that. such fantastic art. The, the, the whole art style in that game, it just puts a smile on my face. Which can also be said for Scott Pilgrim, because I think the best thing that this game does is emulate the style of the graphic novel that it's pulling from. Mm, Brian Lee O'Malley, if you guys want to look mm. that up. He's, the graphic novels are fantastic. They Those graphic novels didn't even finish before the film came out. So it's a wildly different ending if you just want to go relive some nostalgia there. Yeah, I actually watched, so in preparation for today, I actually went to go, I went to watch the movie last night as well. Rewatched the movie. Mm. That, that, yeah, and it's actually striking how well the game adapts a comic book that, is meant to be a game if that makes any sense because the gra- original graphic novel is very is written and structured like a game right like a video mm. game and it's pulling on a lot of those references and whatnot and then the you know the game adapts that very well into a game and then the movie adapts the book that's adapting a game that's that's it's wild it's very good it's very well done yeah i'm, I'm honestly surprised that the other game wasn't titled tom clancy's scott pilgrim versus the world the game <laughs> <laughs> Just watch, like, in, in a few months, that, like, Ubisoft mobile game with, like, all the Tom Clancy heroes that everyone knows and loves and remembers their name. Oh, I copied Scott, Pil- Scott, Scott Pilgrim's going to rock up and just 
and just wreck shit. I'm here for it. You know, you know one thing. I love that film. I absolutely adore that film. I just wish they got some other actor to play Scott. Oh, this it was you. I was to yes. I can't remember who I was telling it to you, but I remember you bring it up that you didn't like Michael Cera. No, Scott, I don't understand why. You read the, those graphic novels. I mean, you know, Scott's a lot of things. He's a dick. You know, he absolutely is. He's a bad boyfriend, but he becomes better about by the end of it, sort of. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. don't know. It's like if you look at the the, the personalities, like Michael Cera has this kind of bookwormish, nerdy, timid character, and Scott's yeah. not like that. He's actually a very extroverted dude. He's you know, he's out there. He's kind of exciting that way you know you've got that, that, yeah, that boisterous that's friend fair. that's fair I, I i always thought that the best part about michael series casting is that no one can act like a pathetic loser <laughs> like michael Sarah. wow and i always like that that vision of scott um as this pathetic loser who just just needs to get his shit together dude the whole point of the, the of the story is that he just he's just airy fairy wafts about the place and just lets life happen to him rather than actually taking the reins and doing anything yeah i think that, um, that's what i didn't like so there's no take charge attitude that's probably why i was like yeah. rooting for for lucas lee to to win that film but <sighs> never happened yeah, well, you root for chris you root for chris evans in whatever film he's in <laughs> like that's that's nothing to do with the story it's chris <laughs> evans uh, what a classic so you 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 enjoy the game yeah see the um, thing is with the um, game is i get it. like if you are coming into this game for the the, the um, first time it is punishing it is brutal i get yes that. it's unfair it is borderline unfair i'm s- sorry you, you say your piece and then i'll come in no i absolutely get that i understand your frustrations because i had these frustrations 10 years ago when i tried that game but then you know i was like stuff you video game you, you're not gonna beat me i'm gonna beat you and i just i kept at it and then because of the um structure of how the um, game is set up where you actually do become stronger you do get more moves you do get more avenues with which to actually you know fight back against the unjustness of the entire system it does get better it does get satisfying so yeah when i when i started playing and i think the my my fault in doing so was i was playing solo i mean this is ga- this is a game designed with carl i think first and foremost in mind a hundred percent oh yeah when i play with a, with a friend uh yesterday just to sort of just test that aspect about it like it is so much better it is so much more fun juggling enemies with friends but playing by yourself there are just so many little issues that I have with just the the, the second by second combat, right? Mm. Like when an enemy hits you and you get stunned for like two seconds, like it's a long stun period, but it's not like a, a special unique attack that stuns you. It's literally just the slightest jab, and you have to stand there and wait. And I don't mind being stunned in games; that's fine. Have that be a mechanic. But if that's happening every single time I'm getting hit, th- that just breaks my flow so so much. And we get knocked to the ground. It's the same thing. You have to wait like three seconds just to get up again. And sometimes you can get juggled because like there's no, it, it feels very selective on when you have invincibility because you'll just get up again and then you'll be smacked onto the ground again. I don't know. I just found it so frustrating that game. You see what I think? I think that Scott Pilgrim has a very different energy to what you are used to in a regular beat-em-up. I mean, it actually, it demands perfection from you. You you mustn't get hit. You, it's basically the Dark Souls of beat-em-ups. And you've here got we to go. Be... Now, now we're game yeah. journalists. Now we're game yeah, journalists. We, there you go. We there finally we go. dropped the MD word. <laughs> but you've got to be bouncing off the walls in that game. You cannot let up for a second. It's 110% energy all the way. And when you've got friends with you, it absolutely helps a lot. Like you said, this isn't a single player game. Get someone online co-op. Get someone couch co-op. Get someone next to you to help you out. Because that's how the Scott Pilgrim game functions. It def- Yeah, I know. It definitely plays a lot better. And I think it's more... You see a lot of the 
cool flares of that game while you are playing in co-op. Like, one of the things I really appreciated was when playing with a friend and they get you know, sort of knocked down, you can revive them. My mate was playing as uh, Ramona. She sort of just stands over Scott and like sort of like moves her hands in such ways to like get him to stand back up again. If you revive someone, if you revive Ramona as Scott, he like goes down on one knee and his eyes get really big and like sad and you can see like little teardrops oh. forming in the corners because <laughs> he's so upset that his girlfriend has now been knocked down. And it's such a beautiful little detail that Scott does that for Ramona. But like Ramona, obviously, like that's not a universal animation. I just, I th- yeah, that's a cool detail. Like there are aspects of the game that I think are really, really well done. Its presentation is flawless. It's so gorgeous to look at. Oh man, they got uh, O'Malley's art down perfectly. And then on top of that, you've got the uh, soundtrack by, if I'm saying this correctly, Anna Managuchi. Ah, yeah, that's to all that soundtrack it is one of my all-time favorite video game compositions. It's so, it's so, so good. Considering how important like music is to that story, can you know, part of a band, Sex Bar Bomb, and all that. Mm. They, it's it's nice that they went in and really focused on delivering an original soundtrack. So I don't think there's a soundtrack that sounds like quite like it out there. I think it is one of the most original pieces of music put into a game. It's fantastic, and I absolutely love those boss fights. I mean, that's that's what really kept me pushing because you just want to get to the evil exes. Okay, sure. No, again, like I I've been talking more positively about this game more than I have negative. Because there are a lot of things to like about it, but the main negative faults I have with it are so frequent and so prevalent that even though I adore so much about it, there is I just don't want to play it. It's a game I want to watch other people play, but to play it myself, I just I can't stand. Like those boss fights, some of them are really cool. There was God, there was the one, the third Todd, the third evil ex-boyfriend, mm. the prelude, the build-up to the fight where you're sort of. Um, having to run through the corridor while he's chasing you with like the wall of electric electricity or whatever it is impossible to do it by yourself it is flat out imp- i i do not understand how you can break and punch through the walls to get through the other side without being smacked through them and losing like at least one life to get through the other end you know st- stuff like that i find just removed so much of my enjoyment i think this is your your best audition to rifle polygon yet just saying how much you suck at this game <laughs> Oh, we, let's not be. Oh, let's not be mean to Polygon. Let's not be. Polygon's lovely. Let's no, I love Polygon. Polygon, but it's just a fantastic meme that I never get tired of. But Tom Clancy's Scott Pilgrim vs. the World, the, the game, the complete edition, it is such a Marmite or Bovril game. Mm. Now that I think about, it. like, yes, I do get. There are absolutely annoying little irritations that you have to get past. Like the one thing I don't like is character speed. Oh you're my either god! Either walking slower than a snail. Or you tap into the speed force and you just dash across that screen. That 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 like works. That works better with an analog stick. I have to. I did figure out that if you use an analog stick, you're almost constantly sprinting. Oh, okay. There's my my problem because I stuck to a D-pad. Yeah. Which makes sense given like. If, but the problem with using an analog stick is your horizontal movement's much faster. But like to move up and down, you can only do that hop because it's only registering like two presses on when you when you move the stick. So you yeah. got to choose. Do you want to like more precision with your verticality or do you want to move faster horizontally if you go the analog stick route? I'm just glad that it's done now. I mean, the, the um, game is out. It's on, out on last year. Yeah, is it last year or current gen? Well, it's out on Xbox One, PS4, and naturally it's out on Xbox Series X and PS5. And Switch. Which means that there's probably going to be some legacy available in this title now. So, you know, when PS6 and the Xbox, whatever bad name they come up with for the next console, God. it's going to make that, that hop. So I'm, I'm just happy that 
you know, in terms of digital preservation, we, we don't have to worry about being lost to the sands of time. I can finally chuck my my PS3 away. Yeah, no, it's it's nice. It's nice to see it back. And I I like it when games can be preserved and. You know, because a lot of people work on them, and they are their own forms of art. And I think a lot, of, not a lot, not enough people take preserving these things and ensuring that they are available to future audiences seriously. So it's just nice knowing that it is going to be more accessible. And it belongs in a museum. The app belongs in a museum. We'll get to that. We'll get, to that. We'll get that. That that's that's further down the talking list. So Darren, you also been, you also have, you've been plat you've been platinuming you've been doing the platinum. Look, I'm not going to let's not get too verbiage on this. I haven't been platinuming me yeah platinuming. I can't even say that word properly. Platinuming. I've been attempting to get my first ever platinum in a video game. Now I don't know why I've never really bothered with this before. It's just never been a priority. But for some reason, because they're pointless. Yes, they absolutely are. But for some reason. <laughs> For some reason, I want to just get one pointless trophy in my life, you know, better than a participation trophy in high school. And I've chosen Spider-Man Miles Morales to, to do this with. How difficult is it pl to platinum Miles? Because I remember I platinumed 2018 Spider-Man, and that was actually surprisingly simple. It was more just like complete everything the game has to offer, and rather than like do X amount of things in X amount of seconds, you know, the real challenging stuff. Oh, absolutely, 100% that. It is, as you say, there are 50 trophies, and, you know, they're all about completion. There's uh, obviously, yeah. you know, completing all the crimes, completing all the side stories. You've got to finish the game twice, once once on a regular playthrough, once on New Game Plus. You've got to get all the costumes. You've got to do okay. all the unlocks. But the one that's bugging me the absolute most is um, the random crimes, which are sort of random. You've got to complete every type of crime and get every single bonus objective to, to go with it. Oh, okay. And... But, and those are completely yeah they're completely random right so you have no say on what crime is going to be popping up sort of you can revisit crimes through the uh, friendly neighborhood spider-man app but the thing is like if i revisit those crimes i can't see if i've already completed those objectives to, to go with them mm. so i have to start mm. that crime first get you to the scene start a fight and then i can see how far i have to go if i'm just re repeating something for the sake of it sure so how far are you to actually get i platinum? have four four trophies left to, to go you know, can you remember what they are off the top of your head beyond the random There is one? two secret trophies, a random crime trophy and completing the game on New Game Plus mode, which I really don't mind because that game is just so good. Oh, plus I can skip cinematics. Oh, but, but dude, it's, it's so amazing. I mean, you know, it's, it's cliche to say, but that game is genuinely amazing. I'm just wondering how a sequel to 2018 Spider-Man can live up to, to Miles Morales, which is a spin-off because... The, the combat cadence and the storyline in that game, it's... I don't know how they actually did it. It is a league above 2018. I, I could see them doing... In, for, like, the next Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2. I could see them doing kind of a Gotham Knights thing where you have the, the drop-and-drop... Well, I don't know if it's drop-and-drop, drop, but the two-player co-op while you mission around the city fighting villains and whatnot, um, but still keep it fairly focused on, like, the narrative. I don't know. That that would seem the way to do it, right? To yeah, see, yeah, yes, what, what I like about Miles Morales is basically when you get down to the nitty-gritty being a spider, having the proportion of speed, strength, and agility, and all that jazz, what works is it's so much more organically intertwined into being Spider-Man because Miles has those bio-organic electrical powers. Mm. Whereas Spider-Man, he's got a whole bunch of different gadgets, but to get to those gadgets, you've got to you know, frequently you know, pause the game mid-action. I think that breaks out the flow of combat quite a bit. Whereas you don't have that with Miles. You are just bouncing around like a pinball on cocaine. That's rad. Because the, 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 worst, the worst part about 2018 Spider-Man was like 
you were given all these cool gadgets but they all effectively did exactly the same thing there wasn't really any diversity in what you in in the, in the play styles they, they opened yeah up. i mean i just basically stuck to impact webbing uh their concussion blast mm. a big ball of big webs you know i mean i just basically tied guys up and threw them around it didn't, you know, dr- drastically alter how I played a game unless I wanted to get some sort of special perks. Yeah, exactly. That that was the that was the, my biggest issue with it. So knowing that, like Miles, because I still haven't played Miles. We we have it, we we have one in the office, a PS Five in the office, and we have a copy. But I refuse to play it until it is my own, my own copy of it on my own PS Five. Oh, good luck getting a PS Five, buddy. I know, I know. One day, in, one day in, in the future, I, I, I'll. Yeah, I'll could get you one. have them up for sale? And they were gone again, like within ten minutes. The um, scalpers descended on them. Do you right? Do you think it's scalpers, or do you think it's people genuinely buying the things out in ten minutes? I mean, there's a mixture of things. I mean, who really has twelve thousand rand on them to to make? We can make a twelve thousand rand decision in ten minutes like that. If you think about it, well, yeah, but I but I feel like people who are all in on the PlayStation already know that they're going to spend the money. So as soon as it comes up, they're there and going to buy it, you know, if they can. I mean, you just go into the um, Facebook market, and there's so many dudes trying to scalp a PS5 right now. It's yeah. it's obscene. Listen, listen, while 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 the whole country is going wild with a PS5 and trying to find the PS5, I went on record that I went out of my way to buy a Wii this week, and it was the best thing I've done. Why? Why would you want to buy a Wii? I don't know. I I really wanted. To, I've so I've never owned a Wii. I've never I've never owned one, and it's a whole generation of games that i've i've missed out on like the legend of zeldas and the marios and all the nintendo games on the wii that i missed out on and i saw someone like just down the road from me was selling a wii for 500 bucks i was like you know what screw it i'll buy a wii i haven't played in a wii not a bad price at all and it came with twilight princess and i was like yeah okay Hmm, that's that's a mixed game i never played that one mark saw so much mixed reception towards that one really well i'm i'm i haven't i haven't got around to being able to play it just yet i've been a bit too busy but all i'm saying is you know y'all can have your ps5s i'm gonna stick with my i'm gonna have my wii for 500 rand and 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 leave it at that look that console is amazing i think what soured the experience for me is that it just had an unrelenting amount of shovelware thrown god the amount of shit on 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 the wii shop (sighs) was disgusting Anyway, Darren, what about um, Final Fantasy VIII? <laughs> so, yeah, surprise, surprise. I'm playing Final Fantasy VIII yet again. What's this, like the 12th time, <laughs> the 11th time? What is I've, it? I've officially, like from start to finish, I have officially completed Final Fantasy VIII seven times. I'm now Jesus. busy on my eighth run. <laughs> okay, now I, I want to open the floor for you to wax as lyrical as possible because I've never, I've played one final fantasy game and it was final fantasy x which i really liked and i have been considering buying it again on the switch see yes my, my theory your first final fantasy game will always be your favorite final fantasy it's, it just has that magical feeling so is that why final fantasy 8 is your final is, is your is your final fantasy absolutely i still re- remember going down to cna to go buy it i still actually own my original playstation 1 copy of final fantasy 8 it's wow that's cool right opposite me on, on my shelf right now but um, I had to get back in because I, I completed Final Fantasy VIII on PlayStation 1, PlayStation 2, uh, PC through Steam, PS Vita, uh, other, I think PS3 Jesus, as well. Darren, Darren, there are other Final Fantasies. <laughs> yeah. No, but only Final Fantasy VIII matters. And then obviously Final Fantasy VIII Remastered came out and that had a crap load of quali- quality of life improvements that made... You know, replaying it worth it for me. Didn't they also redo like character models and animations? Oh yeah, that too. Yeah, graphically it it looks better. Uh, music, 
I don't know. Some people don't like the music, but to me, it's the the clarity of it is a step up. Uh, mm. Nice thing you can do is you can triple the uh, speed of gameplay. You can also put on it basically God mode if you want. You know, you can enable auto, well, not auto. You can enable constant limit breaks. It's a whole bunch of extra stuff you could do. So that's neat. So I played through Final Fantasy VIII Remastered during the December break. And while that game normally takes me about forty to fifty hours. It took me about 20 hours to just barrel my, my way through it at this time. Were you, were you using the, the uh, quality of life mods? Oh, hell yeah. So what, you were you were going through as like God? Yeah, I was basically God school. I was cheating. I, I, honestly, I don't <laughs> give a shit at all because I've completed it six times. I have earned this right yeah, you've to earned it. cheat. I have earned it. Yeah, you, you've, earned, you've earned your right to be lazy. But the, the main thing is, is that minigaming Final Fantasy VIII is so addictive. Triple triad. I always come back to it. Is it a card game? Yeah, yeah. It's a very simple card game. It's basically like Sudoku Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay, that, well, I I didn't know that that was a thing I wanted to write you get down. A card, it's got Sudoku and Yu-Gi-Oh were yeah. united into a single sentence. <laughs> you get a card. It's got a, a number on north, south, east, and west. You know, you put a card down. If your card has a higher number in the direction that you put in, you flip the other card over. The higher number of cards you got flipped over, the more points you have, more points you win. End of story. You get some cards. So it's gambling. In a way, yeah, because you can lose cards. And what's absolutely brilliant about that whole system is that if you stick to it, if you build up a fantastic deck of cards, you can convert them into some of the most useful items in the entire game, which is brilliant for when you're doing your own big boss fights. Yeah, that is neat. So they incentivize you to, to actually play the mini game. That's cool. Yeah, and you still got your, your Guardian for summons and Quest of Cottle. He can give you a whole bunch of card-related abilities that you can take advantage of. And even further beyond that is this entirely massive card quest that takes place across all of time and space. It's mental stuff. Yeah, that is pretty cool. That's pretty neat. I don't know. I, I, I was thinking of going and playing Final Fantasy VIII Remastered because that's on Game Pass now. Yeah. I've currently got Final Fantasy IX downloaded onto the Xbox that I haven't played yet just because I think it's nine that Jeff insists is the best Same, one. Same, yeah. I need to actually try that as well. Jeff keeps on going that, that nine is like the, the best traditional Final Fantasy by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. But I can't think... That's just him being, you know... Fav- it's favoritism. Because that's his yeah, favorite favoritism. Final Fantasy. Yeah, well, it probably was. But I mean, Jeff probably played the original Final Fantasy as well. So. <laughs> um, he was probably in the planning stages when Sakaguchi started designing that game. <laughs> <laughs> like he was the guy he, he was the guy who was like listen so yeah. like this is going to be the last one right and he was like yeah it's going to be the last one it's going to be the last game ever made and Jeff was sitting there going what if so it's your final fantasy and the rest of Square just lost it <laughs> it's probably like some black and white photo with Jeff like in the corner there it's like it's <laughs> <laughs> like yeah you can thank Jeff for final fantasy we should actually we should actually see if we can get Jeff in on the show I know a lot of people were, were asking if we could try and get Jeff on I we would like to, to this week but you know him, he doesn't like being, what's the word, social. Yeah, he doesn't like being social. <laughs> he, he, doesn't, he doesn't like talking to people. Yeah, no. I tried people to do like... a podcast with him years ago, but he just was having none of it. Like, yeah. I couldn't even get him for, for 15 minutes to help me with reviews. He just did not want to undo this. But so, I respect I mean, that. Jeff, Jeff, yeah, Jeff doesn't really like talking um, to like uh, crowds and groups of people. So, um, I mean, it makes sense. Each to their own. Um, maybe we'll try we'll, we'll try and get him onto the show we will try we'll try we'll do our best um can i talk about monster hunter rise absolutely because i have no frame of reference what this game even is so monster hunter rise is the so far it's going to be the, the the switch exclusive um monster hunter mm-hmm. which is kind of back to where monster hunter 
I think works best, which is on a handheld platform, before World came out and sort of showed the world that, oh, hey, Monster Hunter is actually pretty good and not, it doesn't need to be this hyper complex, really difficult to follow game. So Monster Hunter Rise, it feels, it's not necessarily a sequel to World, but it's using a lot of what World did well into ma- it, that, that, that made it such a mainstream success to create a more focused handheld version of Monster Hunter that works really, really well on the Switch. Surprisingly well, actually. Huh. Um, it's coming out in March, and I when, Monster, when, the, when, when the Monster Hunter World craze was happening, I wasn't really all that into it. I came to it a few months afterwards, and I really, really liked it, so I'm very excited for Rise. Hmm. And it's so, so surprising seeing how well they adapted that game graphically onto the Switch. For, like Just mentioning like, how it looks. It looks... It's one of the best-looking Switch games I've seen in a very long time. It's wild. You know, I tried Monster Hunter World on the Xbox, and it just did not grab me. I mean, I know it sounds absolutely obvious to you I'm saying this, but it is so Japanese. Yeah, it's a very impenetrable game. I remember my first Monster Hunter was Monster Hunter 4, and I... I played it for a very long time, and I by the by, probably about 10, 15 hours into it, I still didn't know what I was doing, so I just sort of gave up on it. Huh. That's why I, I really like World, because World made it far more accessible while still keeping all that lost-in-translation nonsense to it. I think what I really don't like about the, the uh, Monster Hunter series is its level and map d- design. It just doesn't grab me. It just feels so clumsy. Yeah, but I mean, uh, you could say that, I think, for a lot of Monster Hunter, because even the movement in most Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter games is very slow and clunky and um, attacks for weapons just feel like they should they, they should take less time to pull off. Mm. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so Monster Hunter Rise is, there's a demo out at the moment that lets you do a very beginner basic hunt and an intermediate hunt. Uh, you get like 28 like attempts to... You get 28 tries. (laughs) That is such a specific number for a demo. I know, right? You're allowed to to hunt monsters 28 times and nothing further. No more, no less. No more, no less. 28 and that is it. I think it's 28. Don't quote me. I think it might be. It might be 30, but I'm fairly certain I saw a big 28 in that corner. <laughs> 28. Maybe I should give this a, a second chance, you know? Well, I think I think you should, because I think one of the things that they've really gone in on for Monster Hunter to rise is the speed of the game. It's much faster. Hmm. Um, they, 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 they've pulled on world in that the maps aren't like these segmented areas that have to you have to load in between like smaller zones. It's just one large interconnected map. Huh. And they've also really improved the the speed of actually hunting by giving you i can't remember the actual name of it but they basically give you a massive wolf that you can like sit on and ride and follow monsters around you can drift in the thing you can doggy drift wait 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 you you can doggy drift is this a sort of fast (laughs) and furious animal spin-off that's exactly what it is you straight up if there's a monster that is like just blitzing it through the forest you can straight up but like <laughs> drift your dog around the corner <laughs> all right you had and my try interest and but it. now you have my attention <laughs> it's so stupid but it's it's so so it's so good and like even when you're on foot they give you um they, i think they're called wire bugs uh which are like these this rechargeable resource uh that lets you shoot basically a grapple and pull yourself vertically or horizontally with like a short burst of speed it's a very very like cool system it was like that grapple was first introduced in iceborne i believe but now they've made it like a default thing for every 
character. And they've also done this really interesting thing where when you're walking around the forest, you can like collect uh, endemic wildlife to like boost your stats on like particular hunts. So you can find, I don't know, a bug that gives you uh, a boost to your HP for that hunt alone. Uh, and you can find different wire bugs that give you more chances to like use your wire grapple uh, before you need to wait for them to recharge. From what I've played of it, it it's a really, really good Monster Hunter game. And I'm actually really excited to see when it eventually releases. Okay, you're starting to sell me on this and this is making me scared because I know that the uh, last Monster Hunter had some live service ideas to just keep you hooked. And I can't do that. I can't have another live service game constantly yeah. putting my attention. Yeah, look, that, I mean, that's one of the, the main problems with, with World. Like, I really enjoy World mechanically, but, like, I was never going to get so deep into it that I was playing it every day because of those live service elements. Uh, but I'm, I'm hoping that because Rise is on the Switch and the Switch isn't all that known for those live service-y kind of games, it's going to be more focused on a single-player sort of loot-grind experience. I don't mind doing that. If, like, the whole game is there... It's a, if it's a loot grind game and the whole game is there and I don't have to wait for updates and them to like do events and whatnot and season pass and whatnot, I'm I'm so game on that. I'll do that. Yeah. But the second I need to start playing it every single day, then I, I don't, I'm not interested. Yeah. If that, that agent from from Capcom that's 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 tapped this uh, podcast that's listening to us right now, please let that be the takeaway that you, you grab from this. Please let that be the takeaway. I I do I do think Monster Hunter Rise is coming to other platforms. I think it's on Switch for a year. All I know is that it's currently one of the very few Monster Hunter games that is that will be on the Switch. And it seems to be a very good one. And uh, that's out in March. I'm very, very excited to play that. The best Monster Hunter you can have that has been ruined by a cinematic film. <laughs> <laughs> have you so have you have you watched the Monster Hunter? I have no interest in watching that film. I had no interest in watching it when it was announced. I had no interest in watching it when I saw that trailer. Zip zilch nada. It looks so bad, and that's exactly why I want to watch it so desperately. I, I love that it shot itself in the foot with the, with the market that it, it needed to make money in with, with China. Oh, so I, yeah, everyone has mentioned the like this controversial line mm. that is what got it removed from China. What what was the line? I actually don't know. It was something about dude, dude. It was like you know, guys, please, I'm not racist. I'm just you know repeating what I saw online. It was something uh, yes. around with dirty these Chinese, something like that. There's this old, okay. horrible, horrible, disgusting stereotype about Chinese people being dirt poor and on their knees, something like that. So naturally, okay. when you say that in the target market, they can make or break a film, that's not a good idea. It's not a good idea. Whoever wrote that, can you can you imagine the conversation that the writers had to have in the room after there was announced that it was being removed from China? How, like someone slapped the script down. How did this even said, make it? Listen, shitheads! <laughs> who was this? <laughs> Whose line was this? I want names. I want names. <laughs> I, I would love to know how, how it even made it into the film because let's be honest, you've got to go through your a whole bunch of scripts. You got to go through QA, qual- all kinds of testing. Someone's got to film that. Someone's got to look at it. Someone's got to say, okay, we can put this in the final film. It doesn't need to be a secret deleted scene that we all f- forget was ever made, you know? Yeah, like, like, yeah, how does that get past Q&A? It's so wild to me that, that that got into the movie and has resulted in it being an... I mean, beyond the fact that it's just a bad film by from what I've read. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, know, I, I really... Oh, Paul Anderson. To. You made such a great Mortal Kombat movie and Event Horizon and from there it's just been downhill. Apex Legends I've also been getting back into. Still. I swore it off a few uh, weeks back once they started doing some rather, uh, not shady, but 
not great stuff with their battle pass system. Oh yes, there was uh, controversy over that. Yeah, they they made their battle pass system very impenetrable Ugh. and was basically requiring people to play like four. Well, it was like three to four hours a day just to get a single level. Oh, testicles to that. Yeah, and everyone said, "Listen, respawn, you guys." You guys are good. Come, sit down, respawn. <laughs> sit down next to me and we can chat. You guys are good. Titanfall 2 was good. Fallen Order was good. You know what sucks? This battle pass. No, leave my house. <laughs> that's that. That's, and to their credit, they did go and they did go and fix it. So I sort of dropped off when that was going gone because, and I didn't have the time to play for three or four hours an evening. You know, since they fixed it, I I kind of went back to it, not wanting to go in on the battle pass. I'm not really a battle pass person. I think Apex Legends is the only battle pass I've ever bought. And that game still kicks ass, dude. That game still rocks. So what's the actual grind like now, now with the improved battle pass, I should say? It's 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 much better. I think it could stand to be slightly more forgiving, but it's also it it feels on par with something like a Call of Duty or a Fortnite, right? Uh. I think Respawn was very generous with previous seasons battle passes and i think now that they uh, have are reaching that level of uh, establishment of a call of duty of a fortnite i think they're realizing oh we can be a little bit more taxing when it comes to this so it's not it's not amazing but it's it's also not any worse than any other uh free-to-play battle royale you know i gotta say i bought the destiny 2 season of the hunt battle pass when beyond light came out and i had a really good time with, with that one when i competed i got some really good re- re- rewards i got some cool armor some cool weapons resources that mm. kind of thing and because in a way i'm getting that game for for free i don't mind paying for a battle pass you know it's like i want you to do to have this money i want you to do to keep making destiny 2 awesome so here, we, here you go here's my, my access money so would you have bought the battle pass if it wasn't on game pass that is a good question. I probably no. I don't think I would have because I, I I would feel that I've I've paid my, my entry fee for for Destiny yeah. Two. I'm not going to pay more. We must we must actually try and organize a place in Destiny Two because I've been wanting to get that. Hundred percent. I tried I tried to organize. So I was looking for a, a a a sit sit down and play with my mates sort of game. And that's why I've gone back to Apex. I tried to get into Valorant very very briefly for about two hours Ooh. and you know, I turned off Valorant thinking. I mean, I went into Valorant knowing I wasn't very good at games, and I left Valorant very, very firmly aware that I am not good at games. <laughs> Were you like sitting in a corner, you're back towards the open space, just like rocking there, this grim shadow hovering over you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was basically it. It was, it was this grim realization of, oh no, this is I'm I'm very shit actually. You're just sitting there yeah. rocking yourself, you're like, I'm not good, I'm not good, I'm not good. I'm ha- half of my identity was just flushed <laughs> down the toilet. No, that 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 that, that Valorant seems like a very good game, but also wow, I do not have the level. I hear it's very impenetrable. Yeah, at, at this point, what like very successful multiplayer game isn't? Uh, fair enough. Except Fall Guys, but I mean. I don't know if anyone is actually even still playing Fall Guys. It would it would break my heart to see Fall Guys, you know, get flushed down the drain of attention. Yeah, I I really hope that they can like maintain their relevance because as much as I'm not a huge fan of the game, there is so much love and passion put into it by the team, 
And I just want the Twitter account to stay live because that Twitter account is so good. It is a gift to humanity, that Twitter account. It is one of the most premium followers on Twitter. Like, even if you don't play Fall Guys, just follow it because it's, they are so good. It's so wholesome. It goes between wholesome and just taking the piss <laughs> in the most beautiful way. I don't know if you saw, like, last year there, there, was, there was a streamer by the name of Tim the Tatman. No, fairly popular streamer. And he... Uh, was making a big deal about how he'd been playing four guys for like 30 hours and he had yet to win a game. And then all of a sudden, the Twitter account started goading him on, being like, hey, look, we've got all these memes prepared for when Tim the Tapman wins a game. I doubt we're ever going to post them. Like, they started oh, bullying wow. him in the most lighthearted, fun way. It was so fun. Even he got in on it. And like, he was commenting on all the posts. And it, was, it was a really good time. <sighs> No, that that stuff is great, and I, and I I want four guys to maintain his relevance beyond just the fact that like we need more accessible multiplayer games because yeah, so many things are. You know, every once in a while, I, I hop back into four guys just for like a quick ten or fifteen minutes. Like I know I will never get number one. I think the closest I've come is like seventh place, but it's still good. Yeah. It still puts a smile on my face. Yeah, it's just a fun. It's just a fun way to kill a few minutes. Hmm. So I. If we move on to what mm. we've been watching this week, mm. I, I'll admit that I have nothing. I have nothing new to present the class this week. I have been very focused on editing several different podcasts, <laughs> which I fear is becoming a lot of my my my, my free time. But I see you've been watching. Uh, let me try to take a run at this the first time. Demon Slayer Kimitsu no Yaiba. You've got it right. Yeah, I've been getting stuck oh, into yeah, my yeah. anime again. You know, much to to the horror of several people that follow me. Mm-hmm. But yeah, myself included. Yeah, I, I somehow managed to binge twenty six episodes of this anime within a week. Jesus, it's good. It's, it's damn good. I mean, it's, it's giving good? me yeah. It's okay. giving me such good Full Metal Alchemist vibes. I mean, there's the um, they such. I would say it's Full Metal Alchemist that's been crossed with a samurai epic and demons. That's how I would sell this series. That sounds pretty good because out of the four animes I've watched, Metal Gear, Metal Gear. Full Metal Al- Alchemist was one of the ones I really, truly enjoyed. Was it the early 2000s one or Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood? It was Brotherhood. It was Brotherhood that I watched. Mm, the good one man. that's on Netflix. Good man. That's the good one. So yeah, so what I really enjoy about Demon Slayer is, besides it being absolutely gorgeous and having such a good, good idea and such good concepts, is that their main character is just such a compassionate, a compassionate and a good dude. And that appeals to me so much. Yeah, I I I like that. I I'm a big fan of Boy Scout characters personally. Oh, dude, he's like Captain America with a sword, and about you know fifteen oh, years younger. Oh yes, yeah, that's the good stuff. We need more stories with Captain Americas and Superman. Oh, I love anyone that stands up to bullies. Those are good dudes in my book. The 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 uh, plotline of Demon Slayer is like it's uh, early nineteen hundreds Japan, uh, Japan America. It's, don't worry, it's not Pokemon Japan America. It's nineteen hundreds mm-hmm. Japan. And demons are real, right? They're basically horrible. Um, but they also follow vampire rules. So they can only exist at night. If they go out into the um, sun, they'll get the worst sunburn ever. They will, you know, disintegrate. But holy crap, they... Even like your regular run-of-the-mill of the demon is nigh unstoppable. Like, if you chop his arm off, uh, no biggie, he just grows one back instantly. Perfect. That's exactly what you want in a villain. Uh, they are super strong. They are super fast. They are super agile. Uh, if you don't chop their heads off with a special blade, well, they'll basically just grow a new body from their heads. F- 
Fun, uh, fun, <laughs> excellent, excellent. And there's, there's just a run-of-the-mill demon. From there, the more demon eats, and by the way, they eat people. They devour people whole, go full cannibal holocaust. What else is a demon going to yep. eat, Darren? You say this like it's a surprise. You know, there is good food out there. Not that I've ever had it. <laughs> I don't, whoa, I'm, whoa. I'm so, <laughs> you of all people cannot come here and say that there is good food out there. I, I would assume from what I've been told. I, I, I could say that. I can guesstimate. But yeah. So there's only two ways to really kill one of these um, demons. The first way is to cut the heads off with a with a bladed uh, sword that's been forged from a special ore that's soaked up all the sunlight. And the second way is to you know just Dracula them and just you know give them a good day out in the in the daylight. Wonderful. And is this like a uh, is it a is it a standoff season? Is it a continuing thing? This is What's what absolutely amazed me. All right, so the first season, it's d- done and dusted. There will absolutely be a second season because this thing has gone wildly popular in, in Japan. Okay. But yeah, 26 episodes in the first season and it's only adapted the first 30-odd chapters of the manga. How, how mad is oh, that? Jesus. That's wild. How, how Wait, how long is the manga then? The manga is, I believe, the manga is complete. The manga is 206 chapters in total. Jesus, okay, so this is going to be a proper shonen show. Yeah, hey? so there's going to be easy four or five seasons out of this. But my dude, the, the uh, battle sequences in the show are unbelievable. Like their main character, uh, he's learned, he's basically learned JoJo style combat where his breathing can affect his swordsmanship. And when he like sure. attacks with the water style school of, of swordsmanship, it's just this most beautiful visuals that are painted on top of his attacks. It, it looks like like the uh, like the 1900s Japanese graphic d- d- the design painting. And so I, I can't accurately d- describe it. This is why I'm stammering so much. You have to Google mm. this. You have to see it for yourself. That sounds actually pretty good. Um, I'm realizing the longer we do the show, the more I'm going to have to start watching anime. And I'm not yes. sure how I feel about this. <laughs> uh, and the other cool thing is that this whole show is basically about this dude that just wants to rescue his sister who's been transformed into a demon. But even though she's become this bloodthirsty monster, she's still got a good heart in her. And she also, mm. you know, she's been damaged by this whole thing. I mean... These two siblings, they've seen the entire family wiped out in front of them. And they just want to save as many people as they, as they want. And obviously they have to fight demons along their way. But because of the compassion of, of, of the main character, you get to see the, the inner workings of these demons. And look, there, there's a big difference between understanding why people do things and knowing why they actually do things. And yeah. that's what Demon Slayer focuses on. It shows you just how damaged these demons are. So you can kind of sympathize with them, but at the same time, you kind of like... Good riddance that this man-eating beast has been done away with. Is it? Is it sad? Absolutely, it's got an intense sadness to it. That's cool. I I, I appreciate that in shows. And actually, based on what you described, it sounds a bit like supernatural. Huh? I've never seen that show. Act genuinely, that surprises me. I feel like you would enjoy supernatural. I mean, I absolutely know about it. I know that it predates modern t- television by a good four or five hundred years. I mean, they said that yeah, and it was seasons. on. It, it was on. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say it was on television for about the same amount of time. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was on TV back when the SABC was so re- relevant. Yeah, it was. It was being. It genuinely was on SABC three. I remember that. <laughs> That's, yeah, and, and it finished last year, I believe. It's pretty wild. So, I mean, maybe Demon Demon Slayer is the, the, the replacement for Supernatural, if anyone's looking. Yeah, I actually jumped through such hoops to actually see it, though, because it's only available on the Funimation app, and Funimation's not available in the country, unlike Crunchyroll is. But um, I'm curious to see what's going to be happening, because Funimation bought Crunchyroll, so I'm hoping that those digital geofence borders come crumbling mm. down when that acquisition is completed. Isn't Funimation also owned by Sony? Mm-hmm. Anime is actually one of Sony's big pillars of business now, alongside electronics oh. and gaming. 
Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, so cool. they, these series might need to be made in anime right now. Clearly. Oh, good on Sony. It was like I, it was like I spent over a billion dollars on, on acquiring Funimation. So, wait. Funimation does... Do they exclusively do like shonen adaptions what do they do funimation is basically your your netflix of anime except they aren't showing garbage or that much garbage anime like netflix currently is so it's basically just your one big massive anime streaming hub direct from from japan as soon as possible oh that's neat okay i can understand why sony would get in on that and that's also what what, what crunchyroll is so you've got two major competing streaming services and now this they're, they're basically forming a huge monopoly so it's gonna be interesting to oh so it's not actually handled. good i don't know it's i mean is any m- monopoly ever no, good? i mean we're talking if, if we're talking about yeah. both the economic system and the board game <laughs> no <laughs> but yeah so if you want anime like in, in the near future there's only gonna be one primary source yeah so, you know, get ready to pay yeah, for that yeah that doesn't feel particularly good although netflix is also investing in a lot in a- anime with its own or- original series so there is competition well, one coming. has to hope that that's going to eliminate any potential wrongdoings by sony in, in that regard it sounds like it feels like we're talking a lot about news which is a pretty good thing because we're about to segue into uh an update on the game on, on the game industry's big stories of of the week beautiful segue thank you thank you i did uh, well you sort of helped me along but uh, <laughs> i'm not going to deny myself the credit i've picked up three store well three vague stories two of them are proper stories the third one is just sort of an amalgamation of the biggest news the first one which i'm sure you want to talk about is the possibility of a ghost of tsushima sequel yes my my favorite ps4 game of last year you know the absolutely best way to end a console generation although i'm certain you with your love for the last of us part two will disagree uh, with yeah, me. i would disagree with you on that uh, you and i have <laughs> but yeah. you and i have differing opinions on the ghost of tsushima but yeah it's good news for me it's terrible news for you because sucker punch the studio behind ghost of tsushima they are clearly hiring to start work on a sequel which also means that your dream of seeing a new sly cooper is give me dead, sly dude. cooper you cowards <laughs> you cowards <laughs> But yeah, Sucker Punch is hiring for a combat designer that is intimately familiar with how Ghost of Tsushima functions as an action game. And while you could broadly apply that action to any number of other sandboxes, I think with Ghost of Tsushima, it is singularly unique to its style of action. Is it? Yeah. Well, did, did you, you play Ghost I of play Tsushima? Go, I played Ghost of Tsushima, but like playing it, I was like, yeah, they really did Rocksteady's combat combat system very well, didn't they? No, it's completely different. I mean, obviously the other the, the influences there, but you know, I don't see Sucker Punch making a Batman game anytime soon. Yeah, that's fair. I really want if they do a Ghost of Tsushima two, or as you said very beautifully in the article up on CriticalHit.net, go and visit it. Uh, Ghost of Tsushima. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, before we get into this, I do want to say that a few weeks back, Kervin was busy um, telling us about what some of his mates called um, Ghost of Tsushima. And, <laughs> and they called it Spork van Tsitsikama, which <laughs> I still laugh at. Just thinking about Spork van, Spork van Tsitsikama is so good. Dude, bugger my, my dream of a Ghost of Tsushima too. I want to see that game. I want to see Spork of Tsitsikama. <laughs> Like the most stereotypical samurai character possible. I'm talking Lost Dragon stereotype here. <laughs> in a Cape Town environment. God, can you imagine? That I mean Can you imagine the enemies you really have to face? Like hipsters like appearing up nowhere going, Well actually Hudson's has the best burgers. <laughs> and being able to like cut them down with one swift motion of your 
um, Nob Kerry. Fuck yeah, dude, let's go. The greatest game of all time <laughs> is right there waiting to right be Right there, it's right there. Why does someone have the balls? Well, like you park your horse and then all of a sudden there'd be a, a horde of car gods. <laughs> you can't do the sword out like, not today. Not today. Not today. <laughs> but yeah, so they're hiring for uh, the sequel. If, if they do eventually end up making a sequel, because I think they will 100% make a sequel to this game, I just want there to be more... I want them to Breath of the Wild it a bit more, I think. Because playing Ghosts of Tsushima, for me, felt very color by the numbers. You know, hmm. it felt like a very standard open world game filled with a lot of filler content that didn't really add much to wanting to you know look around the world. You're not wrong, but I, I would also say that because it was so good at being so standard, it excelled at being more than just a run of the mill sandbox. Sure, yeah, that, that's fair. I, I know you you really really liked it. You reviewed it, didn't you? Yep, uh, I did the review for it last last year. Yeah. I think I gave it a nine out of ten. You know, the typical broad full review score. Yeah, yeah, the, the typical. Sony PlayStation Chill score, of course. Yeah, but I, I absolutely adored that game. I mean, if I was going to pack away my, my PlayStation 4 right then and there and forget that I had to review Marvel's Avengers in a few weeks' time, Oof. that would that would have been the imperfect way for me to, to just end a, a console generation. What do you want from a sequel? What do you want from a sequel from Ghost of Sushi? I, I would like to see, just in terms of combat, I would like to see more styles and we- weapons added to their mix mm. uh, I would like to see the uh, landscape I want to see Japan at its peak glory yeah. um, I'd also like to see some quality of life improvements like for example when you talk to a random stranger you are stuck in it all cinematic you can't skip it mm. things like that but also what I want to see most of all I want to see its inherent beauty preserved sure do you, do you think they continue with Jin's story? I have I, I got about three quarters of the way through. I didn't finish it. Does the story sort of wrap up neatly or is there room to go further? Uh, depends on which ending that you actually take. But I mean, so guys, slight spoilers. Um, just in terms of where, where Jin has left off after the increase have rolled. He's basically, he's a pariah. He's in exile. He's an outcast. He's on his own. He has become the ghost of Tsushima. But covertly he has the support of, of the people who he saved mm. so i think right there it's going to be a very interesting dichotomy like to have this character that we works to save a country that has officially disavowed him sure and there will always be be more threats so to, to see how you balance that emotional heart with you know a sense of loyalty and duet and duty that, that could be a really fascinating um sequel area to to step off from. sure yeah that could be pretty cool uh yeah I, I I look forward to seeing how that game looks on PS5 as well because I think it would look stunning. Mm. Oh man! Well, I, I've got it on my PS5 and I've got it basically in performance mode, but it's just running at this gorgeous 60 frames per mm. second. It's got the dynamic resolution, and oh man, I, I I tell you, the the photographic mode in that game would be so much better if I wasn't being interrupted by these damn Mongols in. You know, just invading me, ruining my photographic Those damn Mongols keeping—they just keep showing up. Can you believe those oh. Mongols? Oh. But what a fantastic Assassin's Creed game. I mean, Ghost of Tsushima game. Yeah. Perfect, 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 perfect Ghost of Tsushima game. We didn't say Assassin's Creed. That wasn't the thing we said. No, 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 no. Indiana Jones is coming back for a game as well. Yay? I think yay? I, I'm not certain because, I mean, I don't really have much of a frame of reference with Indiana Jones. I mean, I, I can tell you a, a funny story about the first Indiana Jones game I played. Which was? So when I was in high school, for some reason we had the worst computers possible. I'm talking Pentium 486s after after Pentium 2 400 megahertz computers became popular. Mm. So we were basically running 
MS-DOS computers for a few years while wow. I was still in high school. <laughs> you know, like, get with the times, Granddad. Get some budget out, buy some new computers. But we managed to find one computer that had an Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom MS-DOS game on there, which was, frankly, one of the most terrible things I've ever played. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> that, that right there is my sum total Indiana Jones video game experience. So, not, not especially good. I remember playing... Um... Oh, man. I mean, well, firstly, there was the um, Lego Indiana Jones game, which I adore because I have a soft spot for Lego games. Lego! Yeah, I have a soft spot for Lego games. And there was also like a 3D like action-adventure game on the PC a, a few years. I can't remember what it was called. It was also, like the early something 2000s. like Infernal Tomb or something like that? Something like that. But I, I can't remember the actual um, name for it. But I remember enjoying it quite a bit. But like I was also a dumb kid. So who knows if it was good or not. All I know is that like I... I like Indiana Jones. I am a sucker for a good treasure hunt like story. I like Uncharted. I oh, actually let me rephrase that. I adore Uncharted, which um, in itself is a huge Indiana Jones tribute. Yeah, the whole the whole thing's a big Indiana Jones tribute, and I'm really hoping Machine Games doesn't go the route of just making a, an Uncharted because that would kind of defeat the point. I think. Mm. You know what's actually interesting? I mean, it's Machine Games, so it's Bethesda, which means it's an Xbox exclusive. Yeah. And Todd, Todd Howard is executive producer. On the game. <laughs> oh, that's going to be a very interesting PR TCC play out over the next three or four years. Very interesting PR. But it's also, I think it's interesting because Todd Howard, like, he doesn't work at machine games, you know? So, I don't know. It's, it's, maybe it's a position that he's been put in. I, just wait, does Todd Howard produce every, like, Bethesda game? Does he produce. Does he does does he work in everything? Yeah, I think he does in the same way that Steve Jobs pr- produced the the, the iPhone. Just, just sure, that way. sure. Okay, because I I thought that that might have been an interesting little thing that maybe he's moving his position to being a sort of a more overseeing managerial um, part of Bethesda now that they've been acquired. But hmm. no, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know what role he fulfilled. He's a lovely dude to to meet in real life. But by the way. Okay, here we go. Let's tell me about another E3 story that I'm going to be jealous about. Yeah, so yeah, so one E3, Microsoft had debuted the uh, Xbox Elite controller, the big fancy one. I think it was like three, four thousand rand. This controller costs. Anyway, they had it on their show floor. They had it on display. We could get our grimy little hands Mm. on it, and you know, I was checking it out. I had Todd Howard next to me. We were having a good fat chat, and you know, it's. He's a small dude, just like like me, and he's also got like really slender hands, like me. So we would just have a good fat chat about how we. So, you, how we so you, you, just, you just stood there over like a controller, just sort of like feebly touching each other's hands, saying, "Oh, I see your hands are like mine. Oh, your hands are it like mine." It was a beautiful well. summer romance. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know, th- that being said, I mean, if you look at his his role in Bethesda, the young dude does know his video games. I mean. I know Fallout 76 was an absolute disaster when it came out. But you look at that game now, I think you've also championed it. Fallout 76 yeah, is much I, better. Much is, 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 it is a completely different experience. And they, they really did a good job listening to what players wanted for that game. It should not have launched in the state that it did. Missing some of the features that it did. But I think that they've done an amazing job at listening to feedback and giving audiences what they want so i don't know at the same time you've got machine games who've done two out of three fantastic wolfenstein games and yes they are the imperfect studio because you know what punch a nazi shoot a nazi i don't care we all hate nazis and indiana jones continues that theme exactly and, and machine games knows how to make a game 
about killing Nazis very good. Even the not good modern Wolfenstein game did Nazi killing very good. So which yeah, well, are you I'm talking about like Youngblood? Talking about Youngblood. <laughs> yes. That was not a that was not a very I think good I got, game. I played that game for like two hours and I threw in the empty. I was like, I'm <sighs> not having a good time, my dudes. Yeah, that was such a waste of a great idea. Like playing as BJ's like kids, <sighs> such a great little setup for like you know he's disappeared. The, the Terror Billy has gone. <laughs> And now we need to find him, and the only people that can find him are his daughters. What a great premise! That's so cool, like passing. And the there were such great characters they, as well. Yeah, they were rad. Yeah. I think they get a bit irritating because they were very sort of one note in their <laughs> uh, characterization. But like the characterization that was there was really cool. The banter between them was priceless. So good. Mm. So, yeah, no, I, I I really like the twins, and that they yeah, I really wish they were in a better the game. The Terra twins. Anyway, so the. The has all. Let me start that again. <laughs> anyway, there is also a lot of delays. Mm. A lot of delays this week. I wonder why. I, I can't imagine what could potentially be causing all these games to delay. So just this week, we have had a delay to Hogwarts Legacy. We had a delay to Ubisoft's uh, Riders Republic, Elite Dangerous Odyssey. I, I don't know if that really is a broad, uh, appealing game, but it's certainly one that I'm very excited to play. That was delayed. A lot of uh, Elder Scrolls Online, Oblivion. The announcement for that was delayed. Just delays left, right, and center. It's mm, probably another delay for Star Citizen's single-player campaign as well. Tragedy. Probably, probably be another delay for that. Of course, there'll be another delay for that. Uh, at least for the next five years, I imagine. <laughs> it's never gonna happen, my, my dudes. Just stop. Just it's never gonna happen. We all, we all, it's never we all, gonna happen. We all need to come to peace with the fact Star Citizen was arguably the most successful, the second most successful cult in the world behind so Scientology. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow, we are... Oh, hey, hey, Tom Cruise, how are you doing? How are ah. you doing, Tom Cruise? What are you doing here, Tom Cruise? <laughs> <laughs> no, not the face! <laughs> but yeah, a lot of delays. Do you think we're going to continue seeing delays throughout the year? Well, look, if I had to paraphrase Shigeru Miyamoto, you know, a complete game that took us time is eventually good, but a rush game can also be completely crap. I, I don't know. Is that I think that, that's exactly how we said it. That is exactly how Miyamoto said that. <laughs> look, look, let's not beat around the bush now. I think the uh, fallout from Cyberpunk 2077 has been so massive mm. that no other studio wants to risk a PR nightmare like that again. And yes, we are absolutely going to see more delays. Because if I look at the you know, games that are coming out th this year, we basically only have concrete dates for until April. And even then, there's not a lot of high-profile games really not. It's, on those dates. Yeah, it's going to be a very slow start to the to the year. Um, I mean, it's also just not to go on about it, but like, you know, we're still going through the pandemic. People are still yeah. trying to get their lives into a, a new state of um, agreement with this new world we're in. So I... Yeah, have to imagine that we're going to keep seeing more of these things going forward. That, that entire transition to working from home, it has had an effect on how games are made. It does mean, obviously, the game's going to take a bit longer because you don't have instant access to people as as easily as you would imagine, even mm. in this modern age. So these are the ramifications we have to deal with. Yeah, that's just the, the, the sad the sad case. Um, but I mean, look, I think it's still a miracle that a lot of studios and dev teams have been working really well as it turns out from home like i think one of the benefits is people have realized hey working from home isn't a, a terrible thing i have to imagine that a lot of the developers in studios that works you know being crunched to near death 
have been really enjoying working with their family around them. It's at the same time, even though there's a lot of games we, that we probably won't see this year, that doesn't mean that there won't be a lot of games coming out this year. I mean, especially in the indie scene, these dudes are, are used to working in these kinds of environments. Yeah. So you know, support your, your local indies. Give these guys some love. Yeah. This is this is the year to, to see that scene grow. I'm I'm yeah. There are some amazing indie games coming out this year. There there was. The, I think it's Solar Ash. Solar Ash is, is, is the one that's big on my current profile because it's coming from the dev team behind Hyper Light Drifter and it looks so good. Mm-hmm. The, this one I wrote about this week, um, Space Warlord Organ Trader, which is exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> you are trading alien and human organs on an intergalactic black market. You don't ask where you got these organs from. You don't ask how you got these organs. You just sell them, sell them and try and make a profit. Yeah, you just sell them. I mean, this is really this is really the promise of video games coming to fruition, right? Mm, and there was this other one I saw called Tiny Lens. My dude, it looks so chill, so cathartic, so relaxing. It's basically just this spot the difference with the dioramas. It was what five differences. Uh, these dioramas have low poly aesthetics, but the music is good. The um, the environments are fantastic, and you know I can spend an afternoon just rotating these yeah. little models around. Yeah, I, that's what I want. I, I I mean you know me, I'm a sucker for any kind of game that is that can be described as chill. The amount of time oh, I've put yeah. into um, Stardew Valley over the last four years has been ridiculous. Damn good game, there. Such a good game. Yeah, that was the, those are the big news stories. A little bit of a slow, <laughs> slow week, I suppose. Well, it's the start of January. It's always going to be, be yeah, slow. You know, it's like this every year. Meanwhile, I'm in the corner going, "Oh, my SEO! Why did I take two weeks of vacation? <laughs> look at my look at my website numbers." <laughs> I can feel it. I empathize with you, but I know I know what it's like. How dare I take time off? That's oh, that. That's why we're trying to spread the news far and wide. Obviously. Mm. Um, with with the show uh which needs a name yeah we can't go with the untitled critical hit podcast it doesn't roll off the tongue is the problem with it you know yeah so we've got we've got we we asked last week for um visitors to the site and listeners to suggest any potential names for uh the show i see you've picked up a a few i've got a few that i want to um suggest and you've got one i really like which one which one? Oh, we'll we'll get, we'll to, get that. to that we'll so, just have our list yeah so, so just read read your do me a favor and read your list out so we know what we're working with okay so, so yeah so, so the thing is with this like we also wanted you to find out you know should we be brand loyal or should we be something like critical head presents this kind of yeah, show? yeah so it's kind of difficult because all the good gaming show names have already been taken by those other podcast bastards i mean listen we we wanted to show up to the bar late so we we get we have to drink what's served to us you know yeah so at one point we were like joking like screw it let's just call it the untitled critical hit show but as you said it's a bit of a mouthful yeah. i mean uh i think at one point we said tom clancy's critical hit show <laughs> but then i got hit on the head by by jeff <laughs> i really wanted to go with that one <laughs> <laughs> but um s- seriously some of the ideas i had were critical bits mm-hmm. uh the crit cast yeah. the critical hit box the critical hit show and then i thought of thinking outside of that box and i thought this this you know try and have something that's not critical hit branded so i thought bebel royale very good Omega Drive, and for some reason I love the word Turbo, so I had two ideas there: Turbo Goose and Turbo Boost. And I want to talk to you about Turbo Goose because I like Turbo Goose. <laughs> I just, I'm, I'm afraid that we might be appealing to an audience that doesn't really care much for 
uh, Gosling-related activities. <laughs> I mean, it sounds so stupid, but it has to be genius. We we could make Turbo Goose work if we made the thumbnail for the show sort of just our faces on geese. <laughs> like, like if we animorphed ourselves into geese, I think that that would work quite nicely. No, no, no. We, we actually want people to, to listen to the show. We don't want to give yeah, them nightmare fuel. No, that's fair. Listen, they, they have, if they're listening to the show, they're already having nightmares. There's not that <laughs> much further we can cross. For some reason, I just like this idea that's like cybernetic goose, you know, like beware the, the turbo goose. <laughs> and like, are we piggybacking off the success of Untitled Goose Game? Maybe, but you can't Maybe. prove a thing. You, yeah, you. I've, I don't even. I've never even heard of that game. Untitled yeah, Goose Game. Yeah. I've never heard. What of are it. you talking about? What is this wildly popular game that you know is currently adorning my T-shirt right now? Go away with your conspiracy theories. This is complete nonsense. I, this is this is slander, is what it is. Yeah, but yeah, I, I my submissions. I liked Turbo Goose and I liked Babel Royale. The Babel Royale is very good. I do like Babel Royale. Crit Cast I also like because it's just mm. nice. It's nice to say. It's quick. It's punchy. If, if, if I may read out my, my selections. Please do. So I wanted to start with one of the suggestions someone um, uh, commented. <laughs> and I know for yeah. a fact it'll never be <laughs> it'll never be called this. But I do really like Clitical Hint. That is just so gross. <laughs> <laughs> it just tickles me in just the right way. Um, no pun intended. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> I could resist. I could resist. <laughs> we've also got um crit talk mm-hmm. um the uch show which someone on twitter uh, suggested it sounds which, like, like something from a church yeah it does sound a bit churchy it right? sounds like a churchy like kenneth copeland's going to come on like hey boys what do you want to say tenet games are you playing now i'm gonna blow them away <laughs> i say blow uch show i say blow ha 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 oh god I don't need the image of Kenneth Copeland laughing in my brain for the next Oh, uh, the original ass face. God, such a punchable human being. Mm. So I also thought of um, Level With Me, which I, I love was, that. Uh, yeah, I think that, 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 that's, that's quite good. Uh, dork Talk, I'm very prone to. I quite mm. like Dork Talk. And then Powerless Rangers, which I thought was more for you because I know you look, sort of like Power power rangers but we don't really have powers yet so yeah sort of i love i love rangers. the tokusatsu genre of, of television but i mean yeah. I, I don't know if, if people will see powerless rangers and see this like a pop culture that's podcast. fair that is fair it's it, and, but if, if they did think it was going to be sort of a podcast on any particular genre or um, topic they would think it's power rangers so maybe i mean we, we could do a hard shift to you just talk about power rangers they have absolutely no clue what we're talking about for the next hundred episodes listen my my, my idea for the show is that it, it, it turns into like an imprint right and critical hit has several shows running at once so maybe in the future we do a power ranger show and we maybe we just uh, i'm just going to copy and paste powerless rangers in a different dark side my my entire dream is to still you know do something with alessandro about dragon ball z and it's just basically like a one-hour show dedicated to saying why goku is the worst father in the world yes because he's he's an absolute and vegeta is the best yes we all i mean this is this is um you call (laughs) you call it um no, I can't say that, actually. Never mind. <laughs> it's a family-friendly show, kids. Yeah, no, I can't say that. I've already sort of burnt my one thing that I shouldn't say with clitical hits. I can't do it again. I, at the moment, looking at the list, I, I'm i prone to crit cast. Should we maybe create a poll on our social media and, you know, just have ones that we like the most and ask people to um, vote for them? That's not a bad idea. So what goes into the poll? I'm going to vote for crit cast going onto the poll, definitely. Mm-hmm. I'm going to vote for my Bebel Royale and Turbo Goose. 
Turbo Goose, yeah. Turbo Goose and Babel Royale should definitely go on there. I really like Level With Me as well. Level With Me isn't... I'm concerned Level With Me is too sort of vague, too broad. I'm not sure. What about Level Up With Me? Level Up With Me. That's not terrible. That's pretty good, actually. If if, if I was going to suggest one of mine i would suggest dork talk okay well, i mean uh, it can't hurt to have it on on the list yeah okay so so the ones that are going to be put up onto the poll let me actually just write this down so we know if we what we're going to be suggesting we're going to be suggesting Critcast, um babble royale turbo goose <laughs> beware the goose about. beware the goose that's the show by the way turbo goose in brackets beware the goose is the full title <laughs> of the show. Um, honk honk. <laughs> okay, well, do you want me to keep adding to the title? Because I'm going to keep adding shit to the title. <laughs> Beware the um, goose, Alpha Omega Sigma <laughs> <laughs> Hyper Edition. Um, and I think I want to add Crit Talk and Dork Talk. I think. I think though. Are you happy with seeing those up on the list? Yeah. I'm fine. I mean, it's the people that are going to be listening to us are going to vote on this. So that's true. You know, that's the true. power is in their hands. Power is in their hands, and the people listening to this also have the power to do us a solid and uh, you know leave us a review, drop us a follow on social media. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. Criticalhit.net should give you should send you to the right place. Um, you can also visit the website Criticalhit.net as well for all your latest gaming. Uh, movie news and farts. We do that a lot as well. <laughs> do a lot of fart jokes. <laughs> Dick and fart jokes is our primary currency. It's our primary currency. We make, we, we've invested heavily in them and they're paying off in dividends, I should say. But yeah, I think that's the show. I think that is going to be a wrap for us. You have anything yeah. else you want to add, Dee? At the moment, no. It's been a quiet week. It's been a soothing week. But I've got a feeling things are going to be picking up. You know, things going to be picking up. What are we? What are we looking forward to this week? Is there any 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 games coming out that we're looking forward to? Uh, there's one that rhymes with bread. Put hand five three. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. Obviously, you know, finishing a trilogy, a world of assassination at long last. Perfect. Yeah, I'm I'm interested to like read your review if the review mm. is. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that is the untitled, the soon-to-be-titled Critical Hit podcast show for this week. Thank you very much for joining us, folks. And, always uh, a pleasure. Always a pleasure. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.